Hey guys, this is Sam and Maki, two friends born in the U.S. and raised in African families pursuing wholeness, whatever that means. This is a podcast for us by us. So come take a seat at the table and let's chop it up. It is. <laughs> it is. It is, baby. Shut up. <laughs> like sometimes I just want to shut up. Shut up. <laughs> hey, girl. Happy Wednesday. Oops. The the week. I don't know about you, but this week has felt long as hell. I don't want it. Long, just really long. Oh my god. I haven't caught my breath yet, but tomorrow and Friday should be more chill, so I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) I think think it's so funny that you just look like you're like... (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? You're reaching over there. I am reaching. I'm reaching (laughs) a lot of things. I'm reaching for the microphone. I'm reaching for... Oh. My beverage. Have <laughs> <laughs> ah. I told you I love the way you laugh? It's just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it inspires me to laugh better. <laughs> <laughs> laugh better? What? Laugh prettier. Laugh prettier. Pretty? <laughs> you have a pretty laugh. Thanks, love. It's like, <laughs> goss me up. Goss me. <laughs> Please, please, please. Since y'all can't see us, Maki came through with another turtleneck today. She's an all white <laughs> baby looking all fresh and clean. Okay, you look cute as hell. I did have a little cute outfit on earlier today. So I was like, let me keep it late night. You know, make it worth it. You know, when you wear something cute and you put like a makeup <laughs> on, you're like, let me just keep it for as long as I can. And it's a pandemic and you ain't got nowhere to go. So you're like, I'm gonna just keep it. Just to Nowhere keep to go. Okay. Just looking good for myself. Period. Period. That's what we're talking about. Did you find a husband on campus? Never know. <laughs> <laughs> Them babies, girl. Them babies. You never know. You could find yourself a little, you know, a little sansa. AJ, nothing but a number. It's a number, baby, and it matters. <laughs> what if he was 25? What if he was a senior? What if he was in his master's program or something? And he's like 26. You never know. Or what if he's one of those adults who went back to college and he's like 28? I like that one better. Yeah. That seems more like very consciously going back to school. I like people that really think about their decisions. So I feel that. Would like you that you one. would never date someone younger than you though? Mm, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, no. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was so quick before we even get into all of that. Hey guys. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Am I Whole Yet? This is Sam and Maki. Um, this week we're gonna be talking about exes. exes. X and O's. My all my exes are for a reason, right? Is that what Drake say? I don't know what he said. All my exes have, have a line through them. 
That's why they asked this, Lord. I don't know. I don't know. His little cheesy butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tell all. It's Maki's tell all. Tell all, baby. I don't know how much I'm gonna be telling, but I'm gonna yeah, try. We're not. We're not the messy types. This ain't messy podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the next train. Next train stop. Um, I wanted to talk about exes today because I've learned so many things about myself through the people that I've dated, but I didn't realize how much relationships were really about learning about yourself until my most recent ex that fucked me up. (laughs) (laughs) You have to laugh so you won't cry. That's what I'm learning. You have to laugh. You have to learn to laugh on command, in fact. <laughs> so you I was cry. Down and out. <laughs> down and out for the count. Man. Crying on my way to work, crying at work, crying on my lunch break, crying on my way home from work, crying before bed, crying in the shower, (laughs) crying at the gym, crying in yoga. Crying was my MO for like a solid three to to four months, I would say. Three to four months. Yeah. Yeah. What a time. That sounds about right. That's breakups for you. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your exes, girl. What do you feel like you've learned about your exes or about yourself from your exes? If you want, you can use an example or just keep it kind of broad. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, it takes time Mm -hmm. after the fact, like the kind of, you know, the the clouds have to clear a little bit for me to like realize. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's touchy. It's touchy, girl. I'm, I, oh gosh. I'm like, I look back on them and I'm just like, just what the hell? Just what were you thinking? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But actually, no, I don't want to be like harsh on that Makta, you know? kind of like oh you were just you were figuring things out you know yeah you were really like learning like what you like and what you're okay with and what you're not okay with and how to like implement boundaries and how not to like yeah I just I learned so much about myself when like now that I've had time to think about it and I'm like Mm -hmm. a little farther removed from like the pain Mm -hmm. and I can like look at it with a little bit more like a little more objectively mm-hmm. um, and I can say like, okay, yes, like this is what was going on. Like it's not, I'm about to out myself, but just like, <laughs> you know, like sometimes you're like, it's so painful. I miss them and blah, blah, blah. But like when I really look back on it, it was like, no, I just like, I think my like ego was hurt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's what mm-hmm. happened. I'm like, I'm mad that you just felt like you could play me. Like mm-hmm. and that's what it kind of like resulted to. So I'm like, how attached was I really to that person or just like mm-hmm. the idea of them? Um yeah, like I would say like I grew up a lot like through the aftermath of like both really like both more, you know, substantial relationships. Like I grew up in the aftermath of that breakup. 
um, and like really was able to like use that like as a metric for like how I needed to grow and how I needed to like show up to like future relationships and friendships and with myself like it was just yeah I think as an anxious attachment person it really like pulled out a lot of the yuck Mm. and a lot of the I don't know if this well I feel like for avoidance too but just for the anxious attachment in me like I'm like man that just like pulled out all of the dark side of yeah. it, like the shadow side of that, yeah. like all the stuff I hadn't worked out yet, all the stuff that I wasn't aware of, like just came out and was, you know, brutalized. So <laughs> I feel that. And we can, we can go more in depth about those things, but I feel like that's really what, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation is because Um, I feel like we should all learn how to use all the relationships that we are in as much as we can, like to pull as much knowledge and information out of it, because Mm -hmm. I think all relationships and specifically romantic relationships serve as like a mirror. It really just is like a way to really see the parts of yourself that still need healing the parts Mm -hmm. of yourself that you didn't know existed how you relate to other people how you understand love how you show love um and I'm super grateful to have had all of those experiences because I think every romantic not every but the significant ones um in my adulthood kind of served as like a transitioning or like a turning point um, in my, in my growth, in my personal growth, I experienced different things in all of them. Um, and I, I'm like, if it wasn't for my most recent ex, which was probably like about two years ago now, I don't think I would be where I am today, like Mm. emotionally, spiritually. And that was one of the most painful relationships of my life. But I'm so grateful for it because through the pain and after like breaking down emotionally, after losing myself, after completely like just being broken, I had nowhere to go but up. Like I hit rock bottom after that relationship like that relationship prompted me to hit rock bottom and I had to rely on my own strength I had to rely on my own like wisdom my own intuition and all of that and I think that's really what made me like come out on the other side a lot stronger Mm. you know I was gonna ask you like what did that what did that relationship kind of point out to you like what were kind of the major takeaways whether that was about yourself about the relationship it one of the biggest things I learned from that relationship is my codependency come on now I did not even know that word before that relationship you Mm. know um it took me (laughs) I would get to some points in the relationship that were so dark and because I'm such a private person I didn't really open up to anybody about the things that I was going through so Mm -hmm. instead I would google things okay I recommend everybody googles things because the answer is out there I literally would type things like 
my partner did this and I feel like this. Is this normal? Mm. And the articles would come up. And um, I learned about codependency. I learned that I was giving someone else the power to, or the, I, I was putting someone else as the center of my universe and putting the expectation on them to make me happy, you know? And the codependence dance came in in that if that person didn't give me the approval, that impacted my self-esteem and my self-worth. Like, really be down on myself if they didn't approve of my passions or the way I am, the way I laugh, the way I look, all of those things. Like, I really placed my self-worth on how that person viewed me. Uh-huh. You know, I I really learned that about myself, um, amongst other things. But I think codependency was one of the biggest ones, and I've worked tirelessly to free myself from the chains of codependency because that is a beep. That's a beep. That's a beep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a beep. Say it All right. Yes. Um. You know, you guys should look up a little bit more about codependency if you can and read up on it. I'm not super well versed in explaining it in this moment because I've been sipping a little bit. But <laughs> just but um, what, this is a little disclaimer because there's some folks that will be very quick. First of all, I want to acknowledge that you. I feel like that's very brave to like, you know, announce that and share like that you found yourself to be super codependent in that relationship because people want to act tough and they want to act hard and people think they're harder than what they are. Right. So I can just imagine folks listening to that and be like, oh, that's not me. I don't put somebody at the center of my my universe. But we can be codependent in certain relationships. Right. We can still be like, quote unquote, dominant. And still be codependent. Like, don't count yourself out just because you're not like the little, like, you know, really, you don't find yourself to fit in that really um, conventional, like, needy, Mm -hmm. like, archetype. Like, people have codependent tendencies and don't know it. Right. Yeah. Just off of, like, Google quickly, some signs of codependency are having a hard time saying no, having poor boundaries, showing emotional reactivity, feeling compelled to take care of people, having a need to control, especially over others, having trouble communicating honestly, fixating on mistakes, feeling a need to be liked by everyone, feeling a need to always be in a relationship, denying one's own needs, thoughts, and feelings, uh, confusing love and pity, and displaying fear of abandonment. That last one, fear of abandonment, Lord have mercy. That also came out. Yeah, that also came out. And like when I would fight with my significant other, it had to be resolved right now. Because in my mind, something always played out of like, if we get off the phone, this person will never want to deal with me again, especially if we end on this note. Whenever there was conflict, instead of looking at like longevity in the relationship being like, I'm in relationship with this person, we can take a pause and calm down and revisit the conversation. 
it was do or die for me. We need to talk it out right now. We need to fix it right now because if we don't fix it, you're going to get time to get off the phone and think about how horrible of a person I am and how you don't want to deal with me and you're just going to want to separate from me. Uh, So that's a little bit about um, what I learned about myself. And a lot of my mother wounding came out. um, Yes. Yeah. A lot of my mother wounding came out in that. And I learned that in relationship, in romantic relationships, people typically choose people that are, that exhibit similar characteristics as the parent or the caregiver that they had the most um, conflicted relationship with or the most, the parent, the parental figure who they did not get their needs fulfilled by the most Uh type of people that as adults, we end up choosing as partners when you're unaware of those. Yes. What about you? Absolutely. No, you explain that so well because I think codependency just, yeah, you can feel, because I also struggle with that too. And I'm like, my first instinct or my first feeling is like shame mm-hmm. um, because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and you usually, you know, feel very needy mm-hmm. and you feel shame. And then that other person like doesn't, doesn't want to like acknowledge your relational needs. They just try to make you feel needy. They reinforce what you already feel pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you also like kind of, you might even verbalize that. Like I remember being like, I know like I'm being needy, da, da, da. Mm. but not like validating myself and knowing like, hey, I have relational needs mm-hmm. that are normal or that I prefer. And that's kind of like a boundary for myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to express that to you because I don't want to make you read my mind. Like these are things, these are conversations, these are skills I've built afterwards. Mm -hmm. But during that time, it was like, am I being needy? Am I like, and, and I think. Constantly questioning yourself. Constantly questioning yourself because that other person seems so like strong and unmovable. Mm. Someone has to move, right. To make Mm -hmm. the relationship work or keep, or kind of like norm, like settle a little bit, right? The conflict has to settle. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm the accommodating one. And I don't know if that fits with codependency or not, but I've noticed that in myself, just very, very accom- accommodating, give, 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 give um, to make the other person feel good, which in turn makes me feel good because they won't leave me, right? Mm-hmm. And so noticing, like you were talking about your mother wounding, I was noticing that, me being accommodating and not imposing my own boundaries was how I created safety for myself. Mm -hmm. That's how I knew like, oh, the relationship is good because I never require anything of the other person. Mm -hmm. I never set my own boundaries. I never set. And where did you learn that? From my home. Uh Uh (laughs) Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the trick and that when you start doing the work that's where you have to go to is the root. You have to realize like I was the one taking care of other people. I was the one that was taking care of other people's emotions and that might, might be another layer. That's not saying every codependent person does that. Mm-hmm. But that's how like that was my role that I had. Mm-hmm. And so I found people that either they like wanted that role like they wanted the kind of caretaker, the person that could like just hold 
every emotion that they ever had um, and never asked me how I was, never could hold my emotion. Mm-hmm. That was my first relationship. But or, I think just real quick, that's also the mm-hmm. dance of like the narcissist empath. Oh, you know what yes. I mean? Where they come in and they just take, 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 and you just big give, give, time. give, give. Lord. Big time narcissist tendencies. Yeah. I wouldn't say anyone in my home was a narcissist or had those tendencies, but I would say I was drawn to the strength, the confidence of the narcissist. They wanted me. The, there's the pick me. There's the choose me, right? Yeah. Um, and so the narcissist, like, I mean, you know how I am. Like, I be asking you questions. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with people feeling low and sad. Like, I can, I'm, you know, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. You're nurturing. I nurture exactly, mm-hmm. and so there's the good stuff from that. But there's also the like unhealthy stuff um, from that, and so yeah, the narcissist man just latched onto me like crazy, Absolutely. and like praise the Lord there was a boundary that was crossed and I was like, nope, this is it. And I I cut it off. It was like, when I say the ugliest part of the narcissism came out at that point, I was like, it was (laughs) clear as day. How did we get here? Just. Who are you? Just did the most foul thing to me. Like after, you know, yeah. You know, talking about we're committing, we're going to the next step, da, da, da few days later did the most foul thing to me and then at the end when we're breaking up talking about well we both did things to each other Ah? gaslighting gaslighting (laughs) but that one it was a situation that was so clear he couldn't even convince me i was like nah 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 you need help bro Mm -hmm. gotta go though can't be me can't be me for sure and now probably you know latched onto somebody else that that would you know, they're very charming too. Mm-hmm. Very charming. Feels like the movies, like the infatuation is there. The love bombing. And the love bombing crazy. Mm-hmm. At, at our height of conflict, I bought a ticket. I'm coming to see you. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Hung up on me so bad. <laughs> Get a refund, hun. <laughs> <laughs> swear to god that's what i told him that's swear i said you need to Good. get a refund i was like you need to ask for 50 percent something i'm like you're not here you're not and and that's the thing to recognize about narcissists whatever you want to call it it's it's hard to label someone as a narcissist but people have narcissistic tendencies or are energy vampires is that those people tend to be charming as hell in the beginning they give you gifts they're very attentive they they you know they're charming they love your friends they love your family they get along with everybody and it's just so beautiful and magical and you're just like what did I do to deserve it and then all of a sudden you'll see like a shift in behavior and it's just kind of like one little thing maybe they, they there's like a little white lie or Maybe you're in an argument about something and instead of reassuring you or affirming you, they drive you further into like insecurity or drive you further into feeling shitty about yourself or, you know, there's just little things that start to drop. And the reason why sometimes it can be hard to end those relationships is I feel like it's because you get stuck in the potential of the person because that's what you saw in the beginning. 
So you're like, okay, maybe it's just the season. Maybe it's just uh, he's going through some hard stuff or she's going through some hard stuff or maybe it's temporary because, you know, I've seen this person do better. No, you know what? Take people for face value. When people tell you who they are, believe them. People who say stuff like, can you handle all the baggage that I come with? Throw them out the window. Okay. (laughs) Are you handling the baggage? (laughs) You need to pick it up, man. (laughs) I'm not picking up. (laughs) Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. We all have baggage, obviously, but people who walk into a situation going, can you handle all of this? And I'm, you know, I have all these negative traits. Are you sure you can handle it? You should not have to deal with anybody's bullshit, plain and simple. People have baggage. People get triggered. People have wounding. People have trauma. And that inevitably comes up in the relationship. But when someone comes in telling you that they're all this negative shit, Take it for what they're saying and peace out. That's just my two cents. So how do you, so that brings me to the question, like, because people do have their baggage. Mm -hmm. I have my baggage. Yeah. But what's the difference between someone that where you're like, you're doing the heavy loading um, where it's unhealthy because people are broken, right? They're Um, I don't think people are broken. I don't like to use that word to describe people. People are not broken. I think for me, it's when someone is actively working on those things, that's the difference. I know I have baggage. I know I still get triggered sometimes. I know I still have my wounding, but can I acknowledge it, take ownership over it and actively do the work to be better or to heal those things as an individual. Am I doing that work? That's the difference. There's a difference between someone who's saying, this is my wounding and that's just who I am. Are you going to accept it? And there's a difference with the other person who's saying, this is my wounding and this is what I'm doing to work on it. Yes. You feel me? That's the difference. So it's not that people have to be perfect, but my philosophy in life is to be better than the person that I was yesterday. So if you don't align with that individually in your own life, if that's not what you want for yourself is to level up emotionally, spiritually, mentally is to heal, is to become the best version of yourself or to be the best version of yourself as much as you can, then we ain't got nothing to talk about. It's that simple. For me. Yeah, no, I understand that. I think too, like noticing um, how much you're being damaged by the relationship. Yeah. Like how much you're hurting, like if it is really imposing a lot of harm on you, um, emotional harm, um, you know, we're not even going to get into the other stuff that's, you know, illegal, physical, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure, get out. Um, But yeah, just the kind of emotional harm, I would say, like, knowing, like, where your boundary is, because someone, someone else might be like, hey, you know, I'm working on this, but this is still really big stuff. I I still don't know how to have conflict in a healthy way. I still don't know how to respect other people's, um, you know, boundaries or whatever, then 
that might be too much for you. So you have right. total like right to be like, I know you're still working on it, but you know, this is actually a lot for me to handle. So I need to walk away. So knowing like what's good for you and like how mm-hmm. it is affecting you, because you are going to catch some, you know, some smoke a little bit, like some yeah. from other people's baggage, Absolutely. but just knowing like how much are you willing to handle exactly, and being in tune with that. Yeah. And my whole thing is a relationship should be 80, 20, in my opinion, 80% good, 20% bad, uh, or 20%. Um, I don't even want to say bad, but 20% conflict or misunderstandings or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But a majority of your relationship should feel good. Um, love should feel good. Love should inspire you to grow. Love should inspire you to love on yourself even more. Um, love should be something that brings light into your life because there's already so much to deal with in this world that your relationship shouldn't be another thing on top of everything else that you deal with, whether workplace, family dysfunction, or whatever else. So when your relationship starts to feel like a burden and it starts to feel like a cloud and you start to feel like you're losing yourself or you're sad more than you are happy, you're fighting more than you are loving, I think that's a clear sign for you to either reevaluate and be very intentional about you know, coming together with your partner, talking through things and trying to like steer the boat in a healthier direction or having a conversation of, you know, maybe it's time we we take a step back because it's starting to feel like more bad than good. And maybe that's why our relationships as uh, millennials don't last. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, you crossing my boundaries? Divorce. Bye. (laughs) Bye. I have to say, though, when you you say that, I think, like, what about the hard times? Like, what about the hard seasons? And again, I guess, I don't know, it's subjective. Like, I think that's about character, though. You know what I mean? Like, in my current relationship, we go through, like, rough times, right? But I have to remember the character of this person. Who Mm -hmm. is this person outside of our relationship? outside of our dynamic what is this person's character if our values are aligned typically at least for me and this person our value we have very similar values that's why when we fight it's easier for me to like stick through it and push through it because at the core I love who this person is outside of our relationship outside of what this person gives me outside of our love this person is just an amazing person, um, mm-hmm. a loving person, a selfless person, a person who prides themselves on personal development, a person who prides themselves on being very like emotionally intelligent and aware. So even when things get really bad, I know that this bad is not who this person is. It's mm-hmm. what we're going through right now. Gotcha. You know? Versus gotcha. all that other bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Would you take back any of your exes? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> what if they were like I had no business in being in either? <laughs> Let's be for real. Let's be for real. What if the like he came up to and like you know you see the change he's a changed man like he's doing better he's more aware of his shit like no 
Nah. Yeah. No. Been there, done that. Don't want to go there, back. Been there, done that. Um, I'm not just saying that to sound like I'm over-ish. I'm still mad about it, like low-key. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still like angry. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, and I feel like that's growth for me. I'm like, I don't feel as much sad or like, you know, hurt by like rejection or anything like that. I'm more like angry. I'm I'm angry that this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm angry that I was wronged in these situations. And but I I feel I feel compassionate towards that Makta because um I would I would say like I was still like developing like emotionally. I was still figuring out like what I liked, you know, what I wanted. Um and I got into something that I wasn't sure that I wanted mm-hmm. uh, because of that, like, oh, I want to be chosen. I want to be picked. Um, you know, I think my life is supposed to, like, progress in this way. And, you know, he fits on paper, you know, checks off, you know, the more important boxes. But, like, there wasn't that. And, you know, you walked me through a lot of it. Like, and there was stuff I kept for you because I was kind of like, eh, I don't feel, <laughs> I don't really like this part, but yeah. I don't really like to flame me. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you don't tell your friends certain things because you, yeah, know, you they know what they're going to say. That's another telltale sign that you shouldn't be in that situation right there. When you start hiding things from your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Big time for me. But yeah, I don't. I, I feel okay about it. Like I don't feel. I don't feel bad anymore. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I feel like that's. Yeah, that's a place of growth. I want to talk more about how our attachments play a role, though. If there's more that you want to say there. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like I'm at a place finally after two years where I have genuine compassion for my ex because for a long time, I cursed this person like I wanted all the bad things to happen to them because of how destroyed I felt by the relationship especially because on the outside seemingly it looked like this person had just moved on you know just fine with their life while I spent almost a whole six months to a year grieving Mm. um but now I'm able to the same way we talked about seeing well, I talked about seeing people as people and not as the label that they have, like parent. Mm-hmm. Now I'm able to find compassion because I know that this person was just kind of acting out their projections, like what they knew as well. The kind yeah. of because this person used to tell me about like how their mom mm-hmm. used to the relationships that their mom had with men. Um and I saw that play out in that person's relationship with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the whole, I want, and this person was an avoidant attachment type of person. And oh, avoidance wow. typically are people who pride themselves on being self-reliant. Yes. And very independent and they don't need to be vulnerable and they don't need, and they want love. But as soon as something starts to feel very like close and familiar and like, you know, when you get too close to them, they mm-hmm. push back. Like they kind of put up a wall. They, And so that's what would do. We're going to cut that out. Mm-hmm. 
that's what that person would do. Um, remind me to cut that out. (laughs) 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 So that, that's what that person would do. We would have such a good period of time where we would be really close and really tight. And all of a sudden that person would just put space between us. Like if I was going through something really hard, they would just go MIA. Like they didn't know how to like comfort me. They didn't know, like they just didn't want to, they didn't know what security in a relationship felt like. So they didn't know how to give me that. Mm -hmm. So now that I can look at it through that lens, I'm like, I'm more looking at it from like, I feel, I feel for you. And I hope that you find healing someday, you know, because it sucks to kind of operate on this field of, I can do everything on my own. I don't need anybody. I don't need nothing. Like, that's a sad and lonely world. Sad and lonely. Yeah. To me, like, I just be like, wee. Like, <laughs> I, that's how I feel. Like, I feel, like, not in a rude way, but, like, I feel pity. Exactly, yeah. On that person. I'm like, you don't know how to, like, you don't know what your own relational needs are. Yeah. And you don't know how to, you don't trust that anybody could, um you know, like, like fulfill them in a healthy way. Like Mm -hmm. you don't trust that anybody could. And I love that you said that they were avoidant because I think there's something about anxious people finding avoidant people. Um, Mm -hmm. there's There's that, like, I don't know if it's like this competition or, um, not competition, like there's this chase. Like if I can get this avoidant person, to express love and intimacy and stuff like I finally like achieved or I finally or it will feel really really good I think Uh, that's because most anxious people had emotionally unavailable caretakers mm -hmm. so psychology there's psychology behind it is that we recreate the relationships that we had as children in our adulthood to mm -hmm. resolve it you know, because they weren't resolved as kids. So mm-hmm. if as a child you had an a, a, an emotionally unavailable parent who, like, you really wanted their attention, you really wanted, like, you tried to be the best that you could be, you tried to always be on your, on your P's and Q's in order to get their love and to get their attention, you then attract that kind of partner, you pick that kind of partner, and you start to play out that same dynamic with your partner. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you're right. That's exactly what's going on. Um, and I think, too, like, real, going back, the other relationship was more with an avoidant um, attachment. And I think for me, like, realizing my anxious, the way that would play out on my side was, like, I never expected emotional intimacy. Like, I never mm-hmm. expected that person to try to meet some of my needs. Like I would always just try to accommodate to them. And by the end of it, I was like, why did I even let that go on so long? Mm -hmm. Um, And just realizing they, I mean, they were playing out the same pattern their whole freaking life, like could never get super close to people, was always like just breaking it off when things got really close um, out of nowhere. And that's exactly what happened to me. And um was I shocked? Yes. But why? I, I, I just thought I would be the different one, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, they would overcome that, that tendency for me. Cause I would be worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was, 
that was missing your self-worth in the other person exactly if this like, person picks me yes yeah yeah exactly and they didn't they right. chose themselves they chose to like uh seclude and isolate and there there is that weird like pride in that oh i don't need people i don't need um you know romantic partners or I need my space. And sometimes that can be healthy. That can be done in a healthy, conversational, um, respectful way. And other times, like, just dipping out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, when things are finally getting close, that's that avoidant stuff going on. And they didn't know that for themselves. Right. And I didn't know that. I didn't have that language or that framework to think through. But now that I, now that I know about attachments, now that I know that I was playing into that and, and not expecting anything – as far as like just emotional, the emotional exchange that would be normal for a romantic relationship. Mm. And this person like going through what they were going through because they were an avoidant and, and their, I mean, their family history totally played into it. Um, now that I look back, um, but yeah, I can have compassion. I can see, um, I can see like, that wasn't about me. Yeah. That wasn't me not getting chosen. That was someone that like was not healing. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't, that was just doing what they knew how to do since they were a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were, they were coming to this place in our relationship where it's like they would, they were only left with to start expecting intimacy, mm-hmm. to start wanting it. And that was too scary. Um and so they retreated and I was really hurtful, but it's like, now I look back, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't process that as rejection anymore, but really, um, yeah, just not seeing like the unhealed parts of that person. So. Yeah. And, and honestly, with that being said, thank you to my ex for prompting my healing. Couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I could have done it without you. <laughs> <laughs> I I needed to experience that level of pain and that level of self abandonment to realize that I was abandoning myself. You know, like I I needed to go through that. I needed to to experience that. Yes. I think I think this deserves a whole other episode. I think we should go more into attachment theories just so we can like inform you guys about it even more and you guys can kind of check off the list and see if you you recognize a little bit of yourself in the different attachment styles because I think it'll serve you in navigating your relationships romantically, familial, workplace relationships it'll it'll help you in general so i think we should save all that um all that knowledge and all that important information for another episode what do you think yeah let's definitely get into it i want people to feel like they know where they stand yeah and they can use that um yeah that framework to look back on different friendships and relationships so yeah So with all that being said, it's time for the self-care tip. Already? Already. I know this conversation feels like it's been so short, but we're trying to keep it short, guys, because this editing is not it. It ain't it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And you guys can let us know if you want longer episodes. And thank you for all the love uh, that we have from our friends. It's very encouraging. Much needed.
Um, my self-care tip this week would be get outside as much as you can. I know it's winter right now and it's really cold out there, but taking walks, being in nature for me is very grounding. It kind of just reminds me of like being in nature and being present and just looking at the colors and looking at the trees and hearing the sounds. It's very grounding for me. It just reminds me of the beauty that is the life that I'm living, that I'm experiencing. It takes me out of like my thoughts and all of the woes that I have in my day to day. And I just kind of get to enjoy the smell of the fresh air, the crispness of hearing the leaves crackle as I step on them and all of that beautiful stuff, hearing the waterfall, looking at the river flow for me is a very grounding thing. So get in nature as often as you can, even if it's just a quick like 10, 15 minute walk just to get the blood flowing and to be outside of your regular environment. I would definitely recommend you try it out. I like that you just said it could be 10, 15 minutes. Because you know what I've been finding for myself? Because I work inside. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, my work stuff or meetings can be like, you know, every other hour. Just like not having like, oh, I can't do like a full workout mm-hmm. and take a shower. You know, that just takes me a long time, like hour and a half, two hours. I'm like, I don't have that right now. I'm not the type to get up early for that. Mm-hmm. But like. I don't need to be outside for an hour. No, you, you know? don't. Like I can do the 10 minute thing. Yeah. And that can be good. So I like that part. Definitely. So that's my self-care tip for this week. Thanks, Sam. You're Thanks, welcome. you guys. We appreciate you listening big time. Um, let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you want more juicy tell-all stuff. Because <laughs> um, we probably won't give it. <laughs> <laughs> we not that type we're not no speak for yourself i'm gonna give you some juice don't worry guys it's gonna come it'll come i'll speak for myself then um yeah no we appreciate you guys it's good to be here all of you and we'll see you guys next Saturday. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, rate us on iTunes, write us an email. You have all the information in the description box and we'll come back next week with more about attachment styles. Thank you guys for listening and have a great weekend. Bye.